Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. The Three Down Greencast is brought to you by the Pile of Bones Brewing Company, Regina's only downtown brewery. Well, it's been a couple of weeks, John, since uh, we've recorded, and you could correct me if I'm wrong, but I can't really think of anything to talk about. I, don't, I really don't think since we talked last, really anything interesting seems to have happened. No, no. Um, you got married. That was a great time fantastic time uh and then outside of that it's uh you know what we might as well take tonight off i don't even know why we're recording there was absolutely nothing to talk about in rider nation there was no statement wins nobody getting arrested for a dui no getting completely you know beat up by winnipeg none of that happened no i i mean i heard some rumors about those sorts of things but i mean nothing substantiated like i could it's been a pretty boring couple of weeks and uh so uh that's all folks see you next week all right we're done we're out now obviously we're just being uh dumb like we do as we (laughs) normally are and of course all of those things did happen and uh we will get kind of into the other parts of it later but uh it was interesting. Uh, yes, I did get married a couple of weekends ago, and that's why we didn't do the podcast, because uh, I was busy that day, which happened to be the day the Riders lost 31 nothing to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. And, oh, yeah. Uh, John graciously decided to be my MC for the wedding, so he was also a little busy that day. Um, I had told Drew that I wasn't going to be writing that week. He's like, that's understandable. So I just kind of, you know, went on with my life and did what I had to do that day. Now, what was interesting was I did have uh, my wedding party over at my condo here uh, before as we were getting ready. And because it's my day, I had the game on, uh, the Ryder game, and we were watching it. And it was around halftime. I think it might have been just after half. I saw the score after, and I was like, you know what? I don't need to watch the rest of this. I'll maybe watch the rest of it later because I was PVRing on it, fully planning on at one yep. point, watching the entire game start to finish uninterrupted. And uh, I said to myself, eh, I don't need to watch the rest of this right now. And then I checked my phone later in the evening, and I did not expect that to be so literally true that the score did not change one point after that. I thought maybe there would have been a couple of things that might have been worth watching again to see if maybe Brandon Bridge put together a drive or something, but... No, so I basically just said, eh, to leave the game off the PVR and just didn't watch it at all after that. Yeah, yeah, there was really nothing to watch. Uh, on the other end of that story, I was uh, pleasantly surprised. I was sitting in my hotel room, uh, just finishing my sandwich from the Italian Star Deli, which, by the way, veteran maneuver there, Joel, reserving one of the hotels that was in walking distance of an Italian deli. So I'm, you know, sitting there watching the game, texting with you like I always do, and I made the conscious decision. I'm like, you know what? I'm a father. Neither my kid nor my wife is home. 
I'm going to do something I rarely get to do. I'm going to nap. <laughs> and same thing. I woke up and I looked at, 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 at like the recap and I'm like, huh, I missed nothing. It was uh, quite fantastic, but really not the not the rider's best game. I think, if anything, for whatever credibility the two of us have, it was probably a good thing we didn't record last week. I was going to say this probably was a blessing in disguise for us, especially yeah. you, because I'm sure oh, God, you would yes. have had the coldest of cold takes, and that's saying something from the number of cold takes that you've had over the course of your career of talking about the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. I can only imagine the absurdities that would have come out of your mouth only to have the Riders rebound and play easily their best game of the year against the Calgary Stampeders. Please don't read any of the text aloud that I sent you, or please don't recap any of the conversations I had while heavily intoxicated while talking to you about the football game. No, and I mean, at the time, they would have been probably entirely fair, but I mean, that's that's just the way this rider season has gone. And like uh, we mentioned, so we will get into that game and kind of the chaos it's created in the West Division. Um, and we'll talk about generally how this team seems to thrive off chaos. Uh, we're going to get into the Charleston Hughes situation a little bit, not too much. I think that situation has kind of started itself out now to this point. And then there was uh, the little interesting news today, of course, we're recording on Wednesday night that uh, Real or Everaz Place is looking for public feedback into uh, how they can make their grounds better. And we all know there's a laundry list of issues there. So we're not going to get into it too, too much. But uh, John and I are going to share some pretty ridiculous and dumb ideas that they're probably never, ever going to do to try and uh, improve the game day experience a little bit at Mosaic Stadium. Not that they really need to do a whole lot there, or at least on their end of things that they can do, but... We'll uh, share a few ideas that they are sure to ignore as well. But before we get into yes. all that, as usual, uh, John, uh, what's in the glass this week? In the glass this week is uh, the Pile of Bones uh, Cranberry Kettle Sour. Uh, I'd been eyeing up this beer for a while. Every time I'm like, oh, I'll have the Session Ale, I'll have the White IPA. But it was the rehearsal dinner drinks at your in-law's place where there was this glorious bowl filled with ice and various Pile of Bones products. So I grabbed one, I put it to my mouth hole, and proceeded to drink all of them. Um, and still, with that, delightful, tart, um, a nice... Uh, I, I, I just, I like it. It's, uh, it's a little bit tart, a little bit sour, as the name would describe. Uh, mm -hmm. Easy to drink, a little lighter on the booze hall, which was good, because I drank a whole lot of them, and I continue to drink... A lot of them. And uh, we've done that weird thing again today where we've picked basically the same beer as uh, I reached into my fridge and also picked a cranberry kettle sour. But uh, because I am still a little under the weather from my wedding as uh, something weirdly ran through that and a number of people seem to have got a little sick and not the usual, you know, next day after a wedding party kind of sickness, like oh, yeah. an actual cold. Um, so I'm going with the cranberry kettle sour because it is light in alcohol, and uh, I want to believe that the cranberry in it will make me feel better. Oh, that's 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 a good <laughs> thinking. It's cranberry is high in vitamin C, so your logic is very sound, Joel. I'm I'm glad to see, and I feel the same way. Also fighting the same cold that spread through your wedding like wildfire, and uh, also feeling the same way. You know, a little vitamin C in my beer, a little low boozahol. You know, gonna be feeling good. Absolutely, absolutely. And who else is feeling good this week is uh, definitely the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, as they, I am, I will easily say, I think they played their best game of the year last week against the Calgary Stampeders all around. 
Um, we can get into a couple of nitpicky things. Like, they still would be nice if they could finish a few more touchdown drives. But overall, they just they thoroughly dominated the Calgary Stampeders in a game that probably really flattered the Stamps at the end of the day when you look at the score. Yeah. Um, especially the way they played in that first half. And they got a little bit of help from every part of the team on that game, which is something we don't always see. Even the special teams had a little bump along the way, but they, they figured that out and they were fine after that. But it's just, it's so interesting to me for this team. And I wrote the column after the game on 3downnation.com about, of course the Riders beat the Calgary Stampeders. Not that, they, <laughs> not, that they, not that they always beat Calgary or anything like that, but I mean, every time, we've seen it time and time again, especially during the Chris Jones era, but in general, when the circus comes to town, which it does here in Saskatchewan from time to time around the Riders, they win. And I... I was again, and I've said this every time they've won during circus weeks, I was close to taking them. I just really did not believe that the Calgary Stampeders would lose two games in a row at home. If they had beat BC last week, or the week before, I easily would have taken the Riders in this game because I thought, okay, yeah, this is there for the taking, all the chaos, there's circus, there's all kinds of things happening, no one thinks they're going to win, so of course they're going to win. And naturally, they did, and they did it again, and... It's, it's remarkable that just when it looks like this team is headed towards the dumpster fire, they pull it out and come out looking like one of the best teams in the league again. This, again, this season, I've loved this season because it does seem like the ultimate cluster you-know-what. Nothing makes sense. You can't pick anything. Up is down. Down is up. Dogs like cats. Cake is disgusting. Broccoli's delicious. That's just been the CFL season. It, 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 you're right. I, I would have been the star of freezing cold takes with John Fraser after the shellacking <laughs> the Bombers put on them on your, on your wedding day, only to come out and have this team look fantastic. And you're right. They seem to thrive in the chaos. And it's almost like when they have something to focus on other than themselves, good or bad, when people are talking about different things, that's when they seem seem to thrive. Um, I, there's no way, there's no way you could have paid me to take the riders. In fact, um, several people around my work, riders fans, uh, some with a various knowledge of football, I was saying, no, if you're betting, take the stamps tonight. You got to take the stamps tonight. You're going to get paid. It's going to be a good one. And, uh, well, who knows? I was wrong. And yet again, my reputation as a sports prognosticator continues to go down the tubes uh i think big thing was i think that game for the first time all year is what the riders could be yeah it's the offense was again not dominant but they were very good the defense is what the defense is very good Special teams were very good. And it just it just seemed to me like for the first time all season, for a full 60 minutes, they figured it all out. They put it all together. And Zach Caleros looks very vintage, Zach Caleros. I love the way he was moving around, making throws on the run, some, some bootleg stuff out there. And I almost wonder, and I, I think I, I said this a few weeks ago, that if the Riders weren't holding a couple wrinkles back, waiting until the games that really matter, and I almost wonder if that little bit of mobility, getting Calaris outside the pocket, you know, I almost wonder if that wasn't one of the wrinkles they were putting out there or hmm. hiding in the, in, kind of in the dog days 
until they needed it. They busted it out, and that offense looked good. The defense, they looked good. And they did it with one of their top players, deservingly so, sitting on the bench or in the press box or at home or wherever you may find somebody who's a complete and total dumbass. Well, yeah, we'll get into that in a second, but the defense did it really without two of their better players, if you include uh, Mikhail Brooks, who was right. who was out for the season with an injury, and that's that's a big loss that a lot of people, especially the national media, isn't talking about quite so much, just because of how good right. he is against the run. And we did see the effects of that early on in the game, where Don Jackson had a pretty good first quarter, and then for some reason Calgary just decided not to give him the football anymore. And yeah. I, I don't really understand that. I was having conversations with friends during the game, and we're all just like, well, why isn't Calgary just running up the middle? They're gashing them. And then they yeah. just stopped. Like they, And this is, this is a weird trend that I've seen with Calgary over the years, especially against the Riders, because there was an inf- infamous game a number of years ago. I believe it was the 2013 season. Um, or was, yeah, I think it was the 13th season. I asked John Cornish after the game against Calgary, you know, what... You know, what happened? How did he get stuffed? And, I mean, he said he got mad at me. He reacted poorly to getting stuffed. But, I mean, he did nothing in the second quarter. And so it became yeah. a bit of a thing. You know, Ian Busby in Calgary loves to make fun of me for that question all the time. But it turned out to be a pretty good question, I thought, because it got a lot of people talking. And it was true. He did, he did nothing in the second half. But it was because they, just, yeah. they didn't give him the football, which was a fair point to his question as well. And then they proceeded to shut him down in the West Final again, so it looked even better. Um <laughs> But then, yeah, you were like a prophet. I remember, I remember, I remember the hubbub all because you asking that question it was fantastic. Yeah, and then he ended up getting shut down in the West final again. And then that same thing seemed to happen. They, Don Jackson had a pretty good first quarter, even it wasn't just the half. And then Calgary just stopped giving him the football for some reason. So I would have to really go back and watch to see if they changed something schematically or if they did something with the alignment to help out a little bit there. But again, that was something Calgary for some reason backed off again, and we've seen it time and time again with them. So. Maybe that's something the Riders knew and just basically let it happen. But I, I think your point about Zach Caleros and him moving around, I, I do wonder, I don't know if that's so much a wrinkle as it was maybe by design considering the injuries along the offensive line. Right. I, I mean, Brennan Labatt, no. Omen's work. You, you, I'm sure you saw the shot of him as well, helping both Blake and St. John at the same time as he has a hand on two guys. Like, that was just an absolutely epic shot because Blake is new to this system. He's still trying to figure it out. Josiah St. John, I mean, he's still got a lot of work to do. We'll put it that way. And yeah. so basically they decided, okay, we're going to have to help the offensive line a little bit, I think, and move him around a little bit. So that's, that's probably what happened there, I would think. Uh, no, and, and I would agree, and it just, it seemed like, though, that seemed to make Caleros comfortable. Yeah. Well, that's, like, that, that, used to be, that used to be a big part of his game before he, like, blowed his knee three years in a row, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and again, it's one of those things that I don't think even, even if it wasn't for the injuries, uh, you know, along that offensive line, <laughs> you don't want an injury-prone quarterback like Zach Caleros playing like that for a full season. No. You don't want him doing the things that made him Zach Caleros at his peak for a full season. Now, as we get into the nitty-gritty, where it's really, okay, you need to do everything you can to win, I like the decision to maybe let him move a little bit more, let him get outside the pocket, let him be what he once was yeah. over a limited time frame here. Yeah, and, and, that, and not, need- not to, re- again, bring everything back to 2013, like the riders are on that trajectory or anything, but... 
that was essentially what Darian Durant did that whole year yes. too. He sat yes, back, I, he, he was a pocket passer all year, and then in the playoffs, he ran for like 3,000 yards. You know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Including the game that he took the Riders on his back against BC. And I, I'm almost wondering if you're seeing if you're seeing the emergence of the same thing now. Maybe not to the same I, degree. I, I don't know if Claros has the ability to will a team to victory like Darian did. I, but I think you and I were having very similar conversations about Darian Durant, the passer, back in 2013. Hmm. It's just, it's such a vanilla look to keep him healthy knowing that, and the writers proved it, that if Zach Caleros goes down as poor as he's been at points this season, they're screwed. Brandon oh, Bridge can't win him again. No, absolutely not, no. Completely screwed. So, I don't know. I'm going to, I'm, I'm. I'm interested to see, and I don't know if we'll see it at all happens. Like, because let's face it, Calgary wins, and you're the Riders. Even though you've got that bye week, you know, this is maybe the time where you play very vanilla, very straight up, and keep the looks for, you know, for the playoffs here. But they, it's it's uh, it's it's amazing that this late in the season, I I, I think, and I've been cautiously optimistic. I think that this is all in the game plan. This is all in the back pocket of the riders for most of this time. And I hope I hope that's what it is. I hope this wasn't just randomly Zach Caleros catching fire and winning a football game. Well, I, I think Zach what I'm gonna, what I meant to say is I think Zach Caleros is a good quarterback. I think they can win a great cup. Zach Caleros is a quarterback. I just don't know if and I we've never never really seen it per se. I just don't know if he has that ability to put a team on his back literally, so literally like Darian Durant did in that West semifinal against BC. I don't know if he has that right, in him. No. He can be very good and win the football games, but I don't know if he's going to literally run every play in the fourth quarter to win a game. I don't know if he has that in him. Right. And that's not a knock against Zach Caleros because very few quarterbacks have that certain it that Darian Durant does have for his yeah. flaws. He has some. He has that weird tick in him sometimes where he just goes off and literally carries a team to victory, and we saw that in 2013. Yeah. Well, I, I, I think, though, the best of Zach Caleros... I think that that game against Calgary, of, of all the takeaways, proved to me when you let him go do some stuff, he's still got a lot left in the tank. Absolutely. And I just hope that that, that, that I mean, it's almost like he's been, it, it almost reminded me of, again, back to 2013, <laughs> G. Roy Simon. Did nothing all regular season long, come that great cup game, next thing you know, boom, boom, boom in the face, couple touchdowns, and I almost wonder if we're not going to see something similar with Zach Caleros but of course it is going to be to me it's going to be a weird like that last week by it's such a weird thing for Saskatchewan yeah that it, it, it's going to be interesting the way they play this out depending how the end of this season goes well it, there is there is an advantage to them for this because I think while you know there's still technically a chance that they could finish first in the west and then have a weird double buy which might hurt them but I don't imagine that I can't see Calgary losing four straight to end the regular season as much as there's issues there. And, you know, especially with the receivers and the, you know, the clicking of the offense and all that, I can't see them losing four games in a row. So as long as they don't lose by more than three points this weekend against BC, they should probably finish second in the West and they'll basically get a bye heading into the West semi, which at home, which is a pretty good place to be, I would say. Well, see, it's see the interesting thing is though is it's uh, it's Calgary Winnipeg this weekend, is it not? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so it's Calgary Winnipeg this weekend, and we again we're having this debate, uh, me and my buddies, 
and talking about the fact that this Winnipeg team is not in the playoffs, they got something to play for. You know, you're running into a Winnipeg team at home that's looked real good of late, that has something to play for. Meanwhile, your Calgary, yes, first in the West would be very nice, but let's face it, they are in a bit of a late-season swoon here, and Winnipeg needs that game this weekend infinitely more than Calgary does. They do, I but I, they do, but I think Calgary is also going to be okay. This is not who we are. Like they're they, they need I, to, I, they're going to want to prove that they're still there and clinch their spot and basically not have to play next week. Get the cold take alert ready. I think Calgary loses a third straight this weekend against Winnipeg. Okay, so they're going to win now. I can uh, put that bet down. Okay, mm-hmm. All right, <laughs> put it down. Put it put it on your sports select ticket and add it to the pile of John Fricker. Cold cold takes. All right, well. So, uh, I, I think with that, all of a sudden, if you lose this weekend, now the pressure's back on. you got something to play for against BC, and who knows what the hell happens there. Yeah. So, I don't know. I know logically there's a chance, but I just, I just, for the life of me, I can't see Calgary losing four games in a row. It, the, the, the numbers just don't add up to me, and that's in my brain for that one to happen. I, I, think, I think it could happen. Yeah, that would be that would be quite the story to end the regular season, but maybe that's what Calgary needs to finally get this monkey off their back. Who knows? I, I think it's going to happen, and it's going to end up being a bad thing for the Riders. The Riders are better off, as you were talking about with a double buy. The Riders are far better off, to me, playing in the West semifinal than they would be waiting two weeks to play in the West final. It's a tough spot to be in, but I, I think Calgary has done that before, though, haven't they? And they still got to the Great Cup? Uh, yeah, I, I don't think Calgary. I remember it happening, happening to Ottawa, because I, I think I remember Rick Campbell being really mad about it. Oh, yeah, I it was Ottawa. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Was that? Did they lose that game? I don't know. No, nah, I, don't, I don't remember. I just remember Rick Campbell like being furious about it and the last week by and how ridiculous it was. And, well, until Halifax comes in, there's really nothing you can do. I mean, no, we some... can't. Unless you want to play two games Somebody. in your last week, that's just the way it's going to have to be. <laughs> exactly. So we were going to get into Charleston News a little bit, but I think the conversation has flowed more at this point. We'll talk about Charleston in a minute. About the West Division in general, and yeah. the interesting spot that we're all in right now, there's been you know, a lot of talk about the power rankings across the league right now. The CFL has BC in first. Uh, three Down Nation, we have Winnipeg as the top spot right now from our panel of six pl- people. That includes me, and I did put Winnipeg number one in my rankings. And... Yeah. It just leads to the question of who is the best team in the West right now? Because for so long, it was clearly Calgary. But right now, you could make the case. Saskatchewan, I think, still might be a bit of a stretch. But I think overall, you could probably make the case for all four teams that are probably going to make the playoffs in the West as being the best team in the West right now. And I and I don't I don't even think the Riders are that much of a stretch. I think no, but I'm just a... yeah. Like I think out of the four, because of that little blip, you know, the bad game against Edmonton and the shutout against Winnipeg, it's hard to match yeah. them up against, especially Winnipeg right now, to say that they are better than Winnipeg. But otherwise, like if right. someone says it, I'm not going to be like, "Oh, you're an idiot." But like it's it, it's the, it's the the biggest stretch out of the four, I would say. Oh. Calling the biggest stretch out of the four is almost as hard as calling who's best in the West right now. Like, I, I, I legitimately think, and again, cold take alert, I legitimately would not be floored to watch Calgary lose four in a row, fall out of first, and so on and so forth. Um, I, think, I still think Calgary gets some credit for the season they've had so far. But, and their track uh, record and I just, in general, I, yeah. 
Exactly. I just, I, for the life of me, can't honestly, uh, I, it, it seems like every team in the West this season, Joel, has gone through an absolute dumpster fire stretch. Yeah. Winnipeg did. And that's the thing that makes it so hard is, is normally you look, you look at dominance as your key trait, not, okay, who's not going through their dumpster fire stretch this year? Edmonton's <laughs> in the middle of it. Um, Edmonton's Winni- not coming uh, out of theirs. Win- no, it does. No, that that I mean, who kicks a field goal and then doesn't kick the onside? That just proves that something is flawed <laughs> from the top down. Oh, Jason uh, um, so they're the one team out of it. Uh, BC kind of started like a dumpster fire. They've turned it around. They they would be in the conversation. Calgary's kind of into a dumpster fire. Uh, Winnipeg's been through their dumpster fire stretch, which was Bangible and Labor Day. The Riders, to me, haven't had a real stretch. They've had blips. They've had, they've, they've had they've two had, kind of mini stretches that became their stretch basically right oh like the loss to montreal and yeah. and the loss two weeks ago to winnipeg i like i i, I is it bc right now i is I right forget, now, if you're is going purely like? based on record bc has i believe the best record or at least the best record against the west in the second half of the season i think i honestly think right now today the best team in the west division is the bc lions I, 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 I think just you're right. Saskatchewan is too hit or miss. Calgary is struggling. Edmonton needs to blow the whole thing up. I can't say Winnipeg. I just I just can't do it. I just can't bring myself to do it. I, I think the only but thing going to, the only thing going against Winnipeg right now is the fact that they didn't play last week. Yeah. If they had right. played and won their fifth straight last week, they're in that conversation. I, I think it's between Winnipeg and BC. Saskatchewan's hot in their heels, and Calgary. You can't really count them out. But I'm just because they didn't play last week, that kind of puts them in the back of people's minds a little bit. Right. But that 31 nothing beatdown of Saskatchewan over a pretty good team tells me something still about the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. And I'm kind of covering myself a little bit here, too, because they're redeeming themselves for when I made them my preseason Grey Cup pick. And right. And it looked really, really bad there for a while. And I was like, oh, boy, let's forget all that I ever made that prediction. And now I'm like, yeah, yeah, remember when I said Winnipeg was going to win the Grey Cup, you know? So... <laughs> For me, Hot take. for me, it's probably still Winnipeg, but if, you, if someone says BC, someone tells me BC, I'm not going to argue against it. I'm like, yeah, you, I, it's, I, not, it's, I, not, it's not a bad pick either way. And it just, as you've said, it speaks to just the ridiculous nature of the CFL this year. See, and the funny thing is, is going on that ridiculous nation, uh, notion of, of how crazy the CFL's been, looking at the fact that BC right now in fourth place is in a play, they're in. Winnipeg could be in a situation that if they do lose this, and this is why I think this is so huge for Winnipeg this weekend and why they'll pull out the win. And if Winnipeg pulls out the week win against Calgary this weekend, I'm with you. They're the best team in the CFL. Um, the bananas part is they lose at home to Calgary, which they've had a habit of doing. You have to play Edmonton in what becomes a play-in game in your last week of the regular season. For neutral so observers, the- which would be a ton of fun. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. I mean, it, it, you're essentially adding an extra round to the playoffs. Yeah. Which, again, uh, even as a Winnipeg fan, I would still enjoy. I like games with meaning. So it just blows my mind that a team that here we are, three weeks from the playoffs, you and I on this podcast can agree, or you you say they're the best team in the CFL. I, I don't disagree with you. I think this is the biggest reason, though, I'm 
having a hard time saying, yeah, they're the best team in the CFL because and notice I say CFL and not West Division because the West Division is the CFL. It just blows my mind that best team in the CFL right now could, because of a weird block kick or something, a missed field goal, could not, not even make the playoffs in three weeks. <laughs> yeah. Like this, 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 this is bananas. Dogs this, like cats. Up is down. Broccoli tastes good. I, that's that's an entirely fair point, and it just speaks to the nature of everything that's going on in the CFL this year. And it's been it's been so fun to watch. And you know, it, it, you know, on an outside perspective, it would be fun to have that play-in game in last week, just because sometimes and it happens across all football leagues. You know, the last week of the regular season can be a bit of a going through the motions. And so to have yeah. kind of that play-in game like we see sometimes in the NFL where there's two teams tied for uh, divisions late in the year and the last week of the season they put them on Sunday Night Football because it's essentially the NFC North Championship game or something, right? So <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So that, that would be fun and I would really enjoy that. But I, I yeah, for me, I think <laughs> I just think they're balanced on and, you know, BC, the thing, the thing that holds me back to saying BC is they're amazing at home, but they're... Not great on the road, and right. in all likelihood, they're probably going to have to go through two teams on the road to make the Grey Cup. And yeah, and that that's fair. And that to me, in that regard, I'm like, well, I mean, if you're so imbalanced between at home and on the road, are you really that good of a team, or are you just a good home team? You know, I yeah yeah no you're no you're right. I just I I, I to me to me it's BC or Calgary right now. I just I, I can't I, I agree with you on Winnipeg. I can't bring it to myself as a self as a self hating bombers fan to say that Winnipeg's the best team in the CFL right now because I have this fear just like how the last fifteen bomber games I've been to are all losses. Like it's to the point if you called me and said, John, I have a personal jet for you, I have two tickets, row fifty to watch the Winnipeg Blue Bombers in the Grey Cup with all-you-can-drink booze before and after, and if they win, you get to drink out of the Grey Cup. I'm so superstitious that the past that the past two bomber past yes past two bomber Grey Cup I've been at are both losses. I would decline, <laughs> or I take the personal jet and the free booze and just go drink in a hotel room someplace. But again, that's just that's just me. I can't I can't bring myself as a guy that's seen so much pain and suffering since. God, I was four years old to say they're the best team in the CFL. I just, I, and the words cannot come out of my mouth. Oh, I completely understand that. As a fan of other teams that are complete miserable existence, I, I get that. Um, so you know, it's it's just such a fun topic to discuss right now, and it's made the CFL season so interesting because for a number oh, yeah. of years it's kind of just been all right. You know, this is kind of what we know is going to happen this year. It's just it's chaos everywhere, even in the East. Like, I mean, it looks like Ottawa has. The thing's locked down, but it's still wide open there. Hamilton could still sneak in yep. and win that division, right? So there's still a lot that could happen there and a lot that could happen all across the playoff perspective, and that's going to be really fun to watch over these next couple of weeks. Um, one thing, another thing that we're going to have to keep an eye over on over the next couple of weeks is Riders defensive end Charleston Hughes as we take a bit of a serious turn here. Um, yeah. News broke last week that he was arrested and charged for a DUI and failing to provide a breathalyzer test. Um, it's all, you know, innocent before guilty, all that kind of stuff. He, he heading towards the courts. His first date is October 31st. So I'm sort of like most first court dates really push back to another date. Cause that's generally the way it works. 
Um, so there was a whole thing last week when he, Chris Jones came out and said Charleston Hughes is going to play, and then it seems like there was greater discussion probably with people above Chris Jones, and they decided that Charleston Hughes wasn't going to play. Now, we had talked, uh, you know, off the air a little bit about this last week, and a lot of people were trying to compare it to the Jerome Messam situation, and I was like, mm-hmm. eh, yes, they're both legal situations, but one, the Riders' hands are very much tied in what they had to do with that one based on the nature of the charges, not that I'm trying to downplay a DUI or anything here. It's very serious, and whatever consequences come down the road for this one, Charleston Hughes will have to face if he's found guilty. At the same time, I could understand if he played the game, because, I mean, Deron Carter, he kept playing. There was seemingly no punishment for his multiple pot charges, even though they were illegal at the time. So, you know, it's and I understand the bad look based on Saskatchewan's drinking and driving problem and all that. At the same time, you know, I, I see why he was held out of a game, and... I figure eventually they did probably make the right call, but I wasn't really too upset one way or the other about whether they suspended him for a game or not based on, you know, different different factors because I think there is still something to be said about innocent until proven guilty. But at the end of the day, the one-game suspension, as it seems it's going to be, was probably the fair punishment. I would agree with the fair punishment. Um, I think I saw... Maybe this speaks to why there's a drinking and driving problem in this province. I saw maybe some of the absolute stupidest comments on social media regarding the Charleston Hughes issue that I think I've ever... I, I think I actually just got off of Twitter for a week. Yeah. Some of the arguments being made. Oh, well, uh, yeah, he's in his car and he's passed out. Dude. D- dude. Dude. No, like this was this was not okay. What he did is not okay. And the no. thing that blows the thing that blows me away as a guy that's been around professional organizations, as a guy that probably makes more money than a good chunk of CFL guys, not including Charleston Hughes. There's always options. Oh yeah, like like your wedding. First choice designated driver. Boom, my car is back at the hotel. I'm passed out way early because I got way too drunk on the on on, on all the booze I was drinking. Um, cabs, driver's seat here in Saskatoon. To be someone of note that represents the community, the team, what this team stands for, uh, the sponsors, primarily SGI, MADS, to be setting that example that anything like this is remotely okay or remotely a good decision, and I get it. I We could go into the conversation on whether athletes should be role models. Mm-hmm. They're human too. People make mistakes. But drinking and driving is just one, it's one of those mistakes I have zero empathy for. Oh, absolutely. No. Yeah, of course. Because you, he <laughs> probably makes what? 150, 160, 200 grand this year. Uh, which like is, probably. In, in fairness, more money than me. Um, and just to see him make that choice. Allegedly. Sends a, a, a terrible message. Allegedly. Nothing's been proven in court allegedly yet, so. Found. Allegedly. Yeah. yeah, I'm sorry. Maybe I'm judging too early. Um, but generally, you don't refuse a breathalyzer. If you're just a little tired on the side of Ring Road before you can get home. Of course, no, like, um, I'm, I'm, I just say I'm just you know trying to cover our tracks here a little bit. 
Yeah, exactly. Trying to keep us out of legal hot water. I get it. You're you're the smarter one. Um, it was a bonehead move. It was a dumb move. Shouldn't be repeated. Um, with all that being said, I think some of the commentators on social media prove Saskatchewan at its worst. Mm-hmm. Um, some were very good. I, I, I'm, I think the organization did the right thing because of the heat, because of all the issues. Stepping in and saying, Charleston, you're not playing this game. You're suspended. Cost them a game check. And they find um, him whatever the league, the top amount, top amount in the CBA is. So even a little bit more on top of that. It, exactly. They hit him in the pocketbook. The charge is going to hit him in the pocketbook. Um, they set a good example as an organization of not letting him play. Um, I'm on board with all that. I think one game is fair. I think it's good. And I hope he doesn't get off lightly because of who he is, because this is a very serious charge, and he should lose his license here in Canada. Well, absolutely. If if he's found guilty, then yeah, he'll have to face those consequences. And I even wonder if there's a yes, ramif- yeah, and I'm very and I'm very and I'm very much working on the assumption that he is going to be charged and found guilty. That's what I'm working the assumption on. You're right, innocent until proven guilt- guilty, but there is some evidence there. You're yeah, right. Yeah, there is. I, it doesn't look good. There's no question that. about that. But what I was going to say is, there's the interesting question you say about losing his license in Canada. Well, I don't know the law that well. Would he even be allowed? Back in Canada? Um, you're right. Is there visa I, issues there? Like, I don't know. Like, I legitimately don't know the law in the situation. So I'm not going to jump to any conclusions. But, I mean, it's a question, right? If we have any lawyer, I know, I think it's, I, from my limited understanding, I think with a work visa, work permit, what he would have to come into Canada, it's a little different than the States. Yeah. So he may be able to. I, 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 I don't know. That's, I mean, Danny Heatley was still able to enter the country and play in Ottawa. Yeah, that's true. Right? Yep. So there's obviously something that's some sort of legal precedent that allows guys like that to, you know, continue playing. Yeah, that's fair. Continue and making yeah. their livelihood. Yeah, so that's probably all we really need to say about this one. I think this is a situation that... We really need to see it play out before we really go any further, because I, I think we all agree that the one-game suspension was fair, and yeah. the, ultimately it took a little longer, but the right decision was made. You know, I've heard the comments, and I agree to a point. I understand why Chris Jones originally was said he's going to play, because yeah. his job is to win football games, and Charleston Hughes gives him Absolutely. the right chance, gives him the best, gives him a good chance to win football games. So he was talking that way, and then some other people within the organization obviously thought otherwise. And they probably eventually came to a bit of a compromise on this ultimate suspension and fine. Um, yep. So, yeah, that's that's the gist of that situation. And so, to end the show on a little bit more of a positive note, because we're generally a bunch of idiots who uh, it's true. don't really know what we're talking about, we're going to talk about uh, Everaz Place. And today, on we're Wednesday, okay. um, the, they came out with this new Everaz 2.0. They want public feedback on what they can do better, and whew, if you let some people go, there'll be a long list of issues that people think that there's things that they can do better. You know, there's all kinds of issues, the Brandt Center and the whole facility and blah, 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 blah. We don't need to get into all that because, at the end of the day, this is a Saskatchewan Rough Riders podcast. And it just so happens, yes. though, that the Riders' new stadium exists on the exhibition grounds, exists at Everest Place, and is kind of uh, under their yes. control a little bit. So they, they do control some things that go on there. There is obvious things that we're going to suggest, like better quality food, more variety of food, far more local beer selection at every game, 
Um, all of the local beers. Exactly. So all that stuff is obvious. So we, I tasked you, John, to come up with an idea for something so outrageous, so dumb, that clearly Everest Place is going to say, yeah, no, we're not going to do that to help improve the Mosaic Game Day experience. So, uh, John, if you were to make one really weird suggestion to Everest Place to make Mosaic Stadium better, what would it be? The beer shoot. And what the beer shoot would be, it would be a tube, kind of like in those movies where they put the tube with the envelope in it and goes up the big office building. <laughs> but it would run down select rows and using your app or credit card, you just order a beer down the beer chute rather than having to wait for the gold beer or having to get up, use your legs like a sucker and walk up those stairs and then go to the place with the beer and even though there's lots of room on the concourse and the beers the lineups aren't that great but still i want to sit on my ass and just hit a button and have a beer come down a tube and go and like maybe a little maybe a little song plays like a little and and there it is Boom. yeah beer shoot that beer shoot every seat make it happen everest I don't know if you put it in every seat, but you could certainly do... All of them. You, I, I, I would say for the sake of profitability, you put it in certain sections, then you can really charge a premium for sitting there. Oh, and because yeah. and a beer, like a tall boy beer can, is about the same thing as one of my favorite things in the world, that being a hot dog. <laughs> you know, I, I have this... I know, I'm a, grown, I'm, I'm a grown man that loves hot dogs. You just throw the hot dog with the beer down the chute, two-for-one combo, I'm in heaven. Well, the hot dog's easy, because I, I remember there used to be at sporting events, I remember I used to go to Senators games back in the day, and they would have Spartak at the mascot walk around with this cannon that shot hot dogs at fans. And it was in, like, this big tube would... with... There was, like, it was in this big plastic tube with, like, an entire roll of uh, packing tape on it to make sure it all stayed in there, and I actually got one one day, and I was kind of excited. It turned out to be a pretty disappointing hot dog, as most stadium hot dogs are. But, uh, yeah, the hot dog ones very easily. There would probably be some... Some complications with the beer. You might want to give it a few minutes before actually opening it. But uh. Right, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Tap, tap the top. Myth, yeah. myth busted, by the way. Oh, absolutely. You know, that, doesn't, that is absolutely nothing. But, but see, that's why you just do what I've started learning to do when I'm getting really drunk is you get, before you finish your current beer, you order the next beer. Yeah. I just started figuring that out, and I'm 32 years old. Yeah, well, you are. No one ever accused you of being the sharpest knife in the drawer. So <laughs> it's sad but true. So for me, and this is an idea I come, I kind of stumbled upon last week uh, by mistake. Okay. Before this even became a conversation topic, um, I think it would be really cool if they could renovate the scoreboard a little bit, build it out okay, yeah. a little behind it, and put okay. like a little rooftop patio on the scoreboard for people to watch from up there. Oh, yes, totally. Because, because the, I'm on board. Because end zone seats suck unless you're sitting up really high. Then you can kind of see a little better. But, like, the Pilsner section, you're sitting in the front row, you can't see a damn thing, right? Right. No, there's probably a lot of liability things, and I'd obviously never do it. But I was I forget some reason, like, Fake Gainer was talking on Twitter about how he wants this game against BC, like, super sold out, like, standing room sold everywhere, people standing on top of the scoreboard, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, it'd actually be really cool if they built a patio on top of the scoreboard. And so, now, or, or now what, that Everest Place is taking if, suggestions, why not build a patio on top of the scoreboard? That thing is ginormous. 
surround it with plexiglass and have a disco ball in it too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you could make it a pretty cool party zone, but I think it would be actually a pretty cool view from up there. I think it would be. Yeah, minus all the glaring lights and the heat and the although it would keep you warm in the winter i think more of that constant like light buzz would probably drive me slowly insane you just find me in a tight little ball in the corner asking for more beer well i think i'd put up like a railing around the score but i wouldn't actually put like a roof on it or something you'd still have like the air flowing in there better idea better idea helicopter drop down patio on top of the scoreboard all game it just hovers and like Oh, and then it, like, because you're in a helicopter, or you're in a thing hanging from below a helicopter, you just, like, follow the play like that Monday Night Football camp. Okay, John, uh, I, I think you're cut off. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.